0: On this episode, we interview Dr. Adam Martin, founder of The Fit Pharmacist. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RX Radio. I'm your host, Richard Waith, and I have with me on here the originator, the founder, of the fit pharmacist adam martin dr adam martin i should say how's it going sir
1: what's up my man it's good to be here last time uh we did this i was in miami at the sweet pad headquarters of rx radio yeah
0: <laughs> that was a fun time I, and I, I feel like i wanted to try to do something like that every year but um life got crazy and uh <laughs> but hopefully we can do we can do something like that again soon where uh, you, myself, and Mike kind of get together and chop it up again. But that was really fun. So uh, welcome back to the uh, welcome back to the show. Um, but this time is great because this time now it's one-on-one. Last time it was a group of us. So I'm glad we can kind of chop it up one-on-one and get to know you a little bit better. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a, a couple things which I'm excited to go through. One important thing being uh, your new book that's coming out, The Gen Z Pharmacist, which I'm excited to dive into. But before we get there, let's start. For the listeners that don't know who you are, let's start by just telling them a little bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely, man. So first off, thank you so much for having me on. I love what you're doing for pharmacy for your career. It's been I haven't known you that long. I think, what is it like four, four or five years now, since we uh, linked up back Mm -hmm. on the gram. So it's been really a blast to watch your career thrive and just pivot and evolve. So it's it's really been an honor to, to be in your circle and to be back on the show. Oh, thank you, uh, man. But Yeah, so. He's a lot. Absolutely, man. But yeah, you, me, and Mike, I, I call us the three musketeers of pharmacies. <laughs> we, <laughs> and I, I'm a dork, so y'all pick up on that real quick. But yeah, I mean, we each have our own unique niches, and we're just all about putting in the work. And that's really the secret sauce. People ask, you know, what does it take? How did you guys do this? Because uh, I think all three of us are, are thriving, but we all believe that we have so much more to go, and we're just getting started. But that's really what it is. It's just being consistent and doing what other people aren't willing to do, which is putting in the work. And I know that you preach 10 to two all the time. And that, that's really it. It's, it's not complicated. It's simple, but it's not easy. Um, and that's kind of where my journey started. So uh, my name is Dr. Adam Martin. I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy uh, back in the day of 2012. And my whole, I guess, message is using your struggle to create your strength and your message to inspire others to overcome their adversity and obstacles. And instead of use that as woe is me, use that as a fire to create your message and and use your mess to create your message and inspire others to do the same. Uh, And that's kind of where my journey started. uh, So quick about me, why I got into pharmacy because I'm also super passionate about it as you are. Uh, Back when I was in high school, actually, My mom got diagnosed with colon cancer, and I didn't know this at the time, but she was given less than six months to live, and uh, she, she, she didn't take that diagnosis. She ended up fighting for over five years, so 10 times what the docs gave her, but during that time, I was looking for a career and what to do with my life, and we were in the pharmacy most days of the week, and a total stranger, so quick aside. I don't know any, at this time in my life, I didn't know any pharmacists. We didn't have family friends that were pharmacists. They were just strangers that were smart and busy running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Like that's all I knew about pharmacy at the time. But we're in the pharmacy most days of the week and total stranger just showed compassion. Just, you know, no ulterior motive, not like, oh, I'll get a raise or whatever, but just generally cared for a stranger asking things like, hey, how's your mom doing? you guys don't live too far away we can drop off you know her medication if if you can't get here like no problem and that really grabbed my attention because what i what i saw was a professional that was super busy and had a lot of intelligence but they showed compassion they were able to not just dispense medication but also dispense hope and be just someone that cared in a time when you felt alone in a time when you felt hopeless And when I saw that, when I felt that interaction, I had this like click where it was like, I want to be that person because that is so awesome to Mm -hmm. give someone that ray of hope and and be that professional. So that was my why of like, okay, now I know what what I want to do. So I went to college, applied to pharmacy school and got turned down. Said, you're not cut out for this. It's super competitive. You need to find a new career. And I had a choice. I could say like, yeah, it is because literally uh, from first year as a uh, pre-pharmacy student, the conversion rate from pre-pharmacy to pharmacy after a first year is over 50% because they they have these like weed out classes to basically say, if you really want to do this, you'll bust your butt, take a C and move on. But if you can't take that, then you're going to, if this isn't really what you want to do, you're going to find another path. So I had a choice, take what I was given or really face the music and take ownership and responsibility and say like, how can I make this work? So I chose the latter and I you know, went hard on school. I got super involved uh, with an organization that I'm still involved to this day, SNAFA. So shout out to SNAFA, uh, the Student National Pharmaceutical Association. And I got involved as a pre-pharmacy student and just did whatever it took. And I applied to pharmacy school again, got waitlisted and was literally the last person to get into pharmacy school. Wow. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So, and, and no one in my class knows this. <laughs> so if I graduate with y'all and you're listening to this, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah, we had orientation. And, you know, I was super into leadership uh, prior to this. I was an Eagle Scout. And uh, during orientation, before classes started, they said, hey, you guys are going to need to elect a class president. And, dude, that was back like 2009. And I still remember the feeling of that moment. It was like a light bulb went off. And it was like, I was meant to do this. So I ran for president, and I served as the president of my class for three out of the four years, and it was like this awesome opportunity because I had this responsibility to help organize 108 people that are – because that was my class size, 109, that were total badasses. They were in pharmacy, they got accepted. So I was already super jealous (laughs) uh, because y'all got in, you know, know my struggle. Um, But it also taught me the importance of connection and networking because I had to be a liaison between professors, organizers of classes and students. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, And I I really took that advantage and really got to learn how to talk with people, how to network, how to solve problems. Like if there were disputes or, or issues or concerns, I was that person. That was my responsibility. Like That's how I viewed that position. And that allowed me to grow uh, both personally and professionally with that that mindset of being responsible. Uh, So that's kind of what started the impetus of being a professionally developed, uh, kind of focusing on professional development. Um, Also around that time, I got really into fitness. So I found that if I wanted to do well in school, I had to eat well and sleep well. If I didn't, if I went out partying, had a little too much Guinness, uh, I would not be able to focus. Guinness? And the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Guinness. So, uh, so quick aside, I just got back from Ireland two days ago. I was uh, speaking at University of Cork in Cork, Ireland, and then the next day, uh, Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, one was on mental health. It was the first mental health symposium the country's ever had. And the other one was on self-care and that's uh, kind of my my MO, is helping pharmacists to thrive and put their health back into healthcare. And this whole, all started when I, when I had this realization as a pharmacy student, because if I went out and I didn't sleep well and I ate poorly and drank or whatever, uh, I wouldn't be able to focus. And that also correlated with performing in the gym. So if I ate well, slept well, I would recover, I'd get stronger, I'd do well in the gym. But if I screwed around and didn't you know take care of myself, my workouts would suffer too, so it became the symbiotic relationship of if you take care of yourself, you will thrive just like you will in the classroom. So I became very passionate about both pharmacy and fitness. And uh, right after I graduated pharmacy school, my the Instagram was you know starting, and my friends were like, "You need to get Instagram," and I'm like, "What the heck's that?" Uh, and they're like, you, "You have to make a name, just something that is about you and your passion." I'm like, well, I like fitness, I like pharmacy. So I'll be the fit pharmacist. And Mm -hmm. that's literally where this whole thing came from was pick an Instagram name. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Yeah. So
0: so. I'll tell you one thing. I don't even, I don't even think I told you this before, but um, when I was, so I've been on Instagram like obviously prior to creating RX radio and and kind of, you know, uh, launching the whole, like um, launching the whole brand. And I remember when I first started like I was on Instagram and I think I first started like looking um like for other pharmacy people like I guess like seeing what other people I guess if there were even pharmacy brands out there like and I think when I one of the first things I saw was this like jacked dude on Instagram called the fit pharmacist and I was like damn that guy's jacked I'm super jealous <laughs> <laughs> and like and I just remember I th- I don't know I think I followed you and then um obviously like I don't I don't think you knew who I was or you probably cuz I think you had thousands of followers at the time so you probably didn't even like realize that i followed you at the time and then um and then that but you were like the first like brand of pharmacy i think that i ever like when i started looking of what i saw on social media and then like i'm sure i saw other stuff but you were just the one that was the most recognizable and i think the one that stuck with me the most and obviously i started finding a bunch of different people and making a bunch of friends online um like core consult and you know a ton of other people but um But yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy to hear, though, about the origins. I don't think I ever really heard about the actual origin of kind of why you started the brand and how that how that started going now.
1: Wow! thank you, man. No, you never told me that. That's like... I'm a little shocked right now. <laughs> yeah, no, you <laughs> were the. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man.
0: you you were because even back then, I mean, you were you had like a legitimate. I think all it was also just that like you had the fifth pharmacist. It was just like some dude that was jacked, and then but then I saw <laughs> like I was like, man, this guy has like I think it was the time you had over it was definitely over five thousand, but you might have had over ten thousand followers at the time. I was like, man, this guy has a ton of followers. It's crazy. Um, but. um Yeah. No, first, first like interaction, first brand that like was highly recognizable to me online. So congrats on that, man. Um, now what have you learned of like the journey of building like the brand and kind of the fit pharmacist and like everything that you're doing? Like what, what, what are some things that kind of stuck out to you on the journey of like creating the brand of the fit pharmacist?
1: Oh dude. So that's an excellent question. And I guess I'll talk about how it became a brand because honestly, like I didn't really consider this a brand until like a couple years ago. And I've been doing this since shortly after I graduated. And what I started doing was if you go like way back to my OG posts. So I think I have like 3,400 posts now. So I post a lot. (laughs) Um, But if you go way back, it was just like quotes and uh, just sharing like epiphanies because I was getting really into personal development. I got really in love with reading and uh, not so I, in, in my in my personal journey, first I got into working out so the physical fitness aspect. Then I started to realize that once you really get focused on your nutrition, not only will all other areas of your life improve, but your workouts and performance in the gym will too. Then I started to realize how important your mindset is and that's where everything really starts. So I preach and really promote those three, I call them legs of self-care, but that's kind of how I progressed through that. So I just started to, you know, post these things and just kind of sharing my journey and what I was learning. And I started to have, you know, pharmacists that would connect and I'd see these other people that were students and pharmacists that were also into fitness because it wasn't really common back in the day. Unfortunately, it was, you know, study, grind, try to, you know, get that Rokai status uh, I was that back row, <laughs> cut. Chi- yeah, I was back row, Kai or No Kai, but uh, that, that we was my... it
0: Low Kai at U.S. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> that was what I was yeah. a part of. Yeah, man, I hear that. Uh, but no, I started to see people at different universities, and it just started to open my mind, like outside of my bubble of just Pittsburgh, and people in different states that were, you know, in different niches of pharmacy and were really prioritizing fitness, and they noticed the same thing: when they prioritize their self care, their career thrived. And we, we think that there's limited time, like there's limited space. So if we don't focus on our career and growing, we're going to suffer. So that's why a lot of people don't put time into their fitness, their, their nutrition, things like that. But when you invest in yourself and your self-care, not only will you thrive, but your career and brand and professional development will take off to totally new heights. And that's what I started to see is people connecting. So uh, a dude reached out. Uh, many years ago, I think uh, almost four years ago now, it'll be four years in July. And he's like, Hey, man, I love what you're doing. I'm just getting started, uh, but I don't really have like a lot of people of influence, but I really want to get this going. So, do you, do you have any recommendations on how I can grow? And it was like middle of the week. And I was like, Oh, I have an idea because I love alliteration. Like I said, I'm a dork. I'm like, What if, what if you just briefly tell your story and I'll post it on my account and I'll call it Fit Pharmacist Friday? And he's like, Okay. So I posted it and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And within 10 minutes, I had five DMs of people saying like, oh, my God, I love this. Like, I have a story, too. I want to share it. And it just literally took off like wildfire. Wildfire. And to this day, I've posted uh, every single Friday, either a pharmacist or pharmacy student. I think we're at about 230 features uh, of people around the world that are really making this whole fitness and pharmacy thing a priority. And I just want to be really clear. When I say fitness, um, I appreciate the compliment of, you know, being jacked and all that, but it's not how you look. It's not how much you weigh. It's not how much you can bench or whatever, but fitness is really what you define that to be for you. And I really think that boils down to being committed to personal development, whether that's physical fitness, whether that's mental fitness whether that's just coming into being comfortable in your own skin, whatever you define, as long as you are pursuing professional and personal development and trying to grow consistently, that's how I define fitness. So putting that message out, it attracted a lot of people that were just really into sharing their story. And as time went on, it got super deep. Uh, People going through depression, Uh, people going through eating disorders, people going through just traumatic experiences that were sharing this openly. And it gave people a platform to not be silent anymore, to share what they've been struggling with and how they've overcome that. And what I started to notice is the deeper that people would share their journey, it gave other people permission to do the same. And it made them feel like they're not alone, that they're not broken, and they're actually in a process and instead of striving per, for, for perfection, it's the journey of growth that actually defines us and makes us feel like we are doing our work, like we're living a life that we love. And, and that's the, really the message that, that I want to get across with my platform. It's, it's not trying to be perfect. It's not trying to get straight A's or, you know, make no mistakes in your pharmacy career or anything like that. You know, obviously, accuracy is important and patient care is optimal. But it's really about finding your calling, finding your purpose, and they're they're the personal branding that you and I both promote, and really embodying that as a genuinely authentic person that's not doing it to impress other people, not doing it because your friends think you should do this or you feel like you're supposed to be this way, but finding what you genuinely are passionate about and using that to innovate pharmacy. And that's what I promote.
0: So your, your messaging, it sounds like it's starting to really get out there. And um, obviously your audience is growing. And and I think one thing I saw recently too, I I didn't look very deep into it. So I'm hoping you can give us a little bit more info, but I think pharmacy times is starting to kind of, um, I think you partnered with them to start kind of promoting, um, kind of your messaging, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, that they reached out to me for, I want to say like four or five years ago because I'm. was posting consistently just being very in line with my message being very clear and they messaged me and said hey we love your content would you be interested in writing an article and i was like oh heck yeah like how about like how to be healthy as a pharmacist and they're like okay so i did that it took off and i've been writing for them ever since and uh as you know there's a lot of evolution in social media and what's resonating and right now video is hot and that's been climbing to that arena. So yeah, I partnered with them last year to do kind of video collabs for how to implement self care as a pharmacist. And uh, that that was a huge honor. And I still work with them to this day. And it's uh, really an awesome platform. Uh, because I always thought it was the go to resource and I, I still love pharmacy times. I use it for CE. I think the articles are fantastic. But to see my name in there, it was kind of like, holy crap. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> um, cool, man. Yeah, but I got I do a lot of mostly online writing, but yeah, I'm published in the hard copy, and I do videos for them for self-care. But to uh, come back to your original question of what did I learn most in this process, it's really what I promote, and that's staying true to yourself. So a lot of us that get into social media and try to really dive deep and grow and develop, we we have a lot of passion, right? We want to do a lot of things. But a lot of times, if we try to do everything, we'll end up doing nothing. We'll be spinning our wheels. So that was the lesson I learned years ago is you can't do everything. But you, so it, it's it's this message. Unless you, you work can 10 to 2,
0: you can probably do everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what people ask me, like, how do you do all this? It's If you look at it, it's one simple message. But you have to realize that, yes, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So you have to find what your why is, what your passion is, and do that really freaking good. Don't try to be a jack of all trades and master of none, because that's not gonna make an impact. You wanna be the dominant master of your domain. And that, you know, pharmacy, but what in pharmacy most is, what are you most passionate about? So you have to really think about that. And that's a process. You're not just gonna, you know, listen to this podcast, like, oh yeah, that, and then you're gonna crush it. No, it's a process. You're gonna find something that clicks, dive into that then maybe go off kilter and come back and it's like an oscillating learning journey and that's what development is and i think that's what people really need to see is always keep asking always keep growing and don't strive for that perfection but really look at how can you make consistent progression and that comes from work you know
0: i think there's a there's a legit argument the whole jack of all trades thing like yeah i'm a little torn on that because i feel like i'm the guy that I have so much going on at all times that I'm almost mm-hmm. trying to be like a jack of all trades. Like, yes. it, like it's almost purposeful and like, and I'm okay with it, but, but it's crazy because a lot of times people say, no, you got to be like, you end up being a master of none, which is true, but I'm really good at a bunch of stuff. Yes, like, so, same. and then maybe throughout that process, I think I've found things that like, I've become, you know, really, really good at. So I don't know. I'm I'm like, sometimes I, I think like, yes, you know, obviously if you're an expert in one particular thing, that's amazing but then sometimes like it's it's good to be a jack of all trades because like you, you're good at a bunch of different things.
1: So I think that's a phenomenal point and a really good thing for discussion. So whenever I talk about concepts and lessons I've learned, the thing that I've learned as I've progressed is there's a very thin line between going too much into it and taking that too literally, but then not putting that into practice. So this is an excellent example. So I'm going to use you as an example real quick and correct me if I'm wrong. But your through line that, yes, you do a lot of stuff, but all the stuff you do comes to the through line of innovating pharmacy through technology. Everything you do goes into that. And that's through running social media. That's through doing the memes and the gifts that you create, which are awesome, the podcast, Mm -hmm. doing VUCA Health, uh, even your car, Mr. Tesla. (laughs) Like literally, every single thing you do comes back to your through line. And the reason you're successful is it's consistent. Now, most people don't recognize that consciously, but if they really look at everything you post, the articles you put on Medium, on LinkedIn, how to create a social media brand for a pharmacy, that was a hot article that you wrote. Look at everything you do. And yes, you do a lot of things. You do podcasts, you do memes, you do video, you do all these things. And yes, that's a lot, but they all follow the same through line. So that's what I mean of, of it's a thin line between these concepts is, yes, it's good to do th- a lot of things, but make sure it's consistent in your messaging and genuine with what your personal brand is.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate those kind of words. Uh, just to set the record straight, that Tesla is my wife's car. She that is the <laughs> car that she mainly drives. I still drive an old pickup. I'm waiting for the for the Tesla Cybertruck to come out. So once that comes out, yeah. I get that. But uh, in the meantime, yeah. But but it is like technically that's like a family card. Try to drive it as much as I can. But no, it's her Washington car. anyway. All right. So what I want to do now is uh, can you give us? I want I wanted to provide the listeners with three health tips and tricks that the average pharmacist doesn't know, which I which I think is a challenge for you because pharmacists are a bunch of smart people, especially about health. So yeah. I want you to. Provide us with something that we like. Three things, if you can get to that, that we like that the average pharmacist likely doesn't know about health or self care or whatever. Whatever.
1: That you're absolutely. At. No, that's an excellent question. So thank you for asking that. Uh, the first thing is having to do with nutrition, and what that is like is, oh, I don't have time to do this. Uh, there's there's no way that I can eat healthy as a pharmacist. And, and coming from experience, I still work full time in the community. I've been doing that since 2012, and back when I graduated, straight talk, and corporate stepped in, and they're kind of like, this is a liability, to which we said, no crap. We were working three 14-hour shifts back to back to back so that we would have a week off vacation every other week. That's real talk what we did. Now, it took me (laughs) a couple months to physically adapt to that. So you might be saying like, oh, I worked 14 hours, no break. And I can't eat healthy as a pharmacist. I don't even have a lunch break. There's a way. When you have a will and you add innovation, you find a way to do that. So that was something that I was told, actually, is I was really into fitness and nutrition as a pharmacy student, and I would go into my site with my you know, Tupperware and my meals packed and stuff, and straight up, my one pharmacist laughed. And I was like, what's, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, enjoy that now, because when you're a pharmacist, you can kiss your health goodbye. That's straight up what I was told. I'll never forget it. And I said, like, I'll show you. <laughs> so, yes, it's challenging. Yes, you're going to have times where you don't want to eat healthy. And that's part of life. Like, you, the emotions will come and go. But you can stay on track with your nutrition as a pharmacist. Depending on your niche, it can be more challenging. But there are ways to do that. So to give you the first tip when it comes to nutrition, that is planning ahead is going to be your golden ticket. So if you try to go to the pharmacy and you got 14 hour shift, 13 hour shift, whatever it is, and you get there and you're like, oh, I'm gonna wing it, like I'll figure it out. No, you won't. (laughs) There's no time to figure it out, straight up. And you guys know I'm talking about like, you put your food in the microwave and as soon as it goes off, ding, ding, you get a doctor call. You've got a drive through, you've got a question. Your tech just called off sick. You don't have time to eat. It's not possible. But if you plan ahead and you're realistic, With what you can do at your work schedule, you'll be able to set yourself up for success rather than feeling frustrated and disappointed in yourself. Because you have to see, so for me, I have what's called a workday meal plan and a non-workday meal plan, which is like workday is drinking and drinking like protein shakes and things that are easy to go down. Non-workday is being able to actually chew your food and enjoy it, you know? Now, I'm sure you can make that work either way, but just being as simple as possible and realistic, that's what you've got to ask yourself. What can I realistically stick to that I'll enjoy, help me get to my goals that I can do on my work schedule? So that answer is going to vary for, for people based on where they are, uh, what their goals are, because everyone's got different goals, fat loss, strength gain, whatever that is, maybe weight gain. I don't know. So you've got to look at what you realistically have to work with, what your tendencies and preferences are, and what your goals are. And from there, it's planning ahead so that you don't go in there and just try to wing it. Uh, So some tips for how to do that is I am a big fan of shakes uh, at work. I only have one a day, so I don't drink like liquid meals all day. Um, But have shakes, and and I I call them grab your go-to's and know your no-no's. And what I mean by that is your go-to is at work. What do you have quick that you can grab that's not like super unhealthy, but will get you by in a pinch? So for me, an example would be like beef jerky or protein bars. So I literally have those as a backup plan in case I don't have time to eat my actual food or I forget it at home or whatever it is. So I have a backup plan. I I know my go-to's. The other thing is know your no-no's. So all of us have trigger foods, uh, whether it's potato chips or ice cream. You guys know what I mean. Like you can't just have one bite. Once you pop the fun, don't stop kind of deal where if you have one, it's like game over. The day is gone you, and then you're just going to feel terrible later. We all have those foods, right? So if you know what your trigger is, don't go for it when you're in a high stress work environment. So that would be a super helpful thing to know. And again, that's different for every person. But if you're trying to improve your nutrition and stay consistent as a working pharmacist, these are the things that will really help you in getting ahead.
0: Was that, was that tip two or was that still part of one?
1: Uh, I think that's like one A and B and okay. C. All uh, right. so, so, yeah, yeah, so for that. What's the, other the second is, one? So the other one is water is your friend. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't have time to eat, let alone go to the bathroom. But this is specific for hunger. So a fun fact about our brain is it does not know the difference between being hungry and thirsty. So I I created this thing in, in the first book I wrote, RxU, called The Water Test, and I use it almost every day. And it's super effective. It's helped hundreds of pharmacists and students. So what it is, is when you're at work, you're super focused because you're doing 30 things at once. You're focused on patient care. You're focused on getting your team in line with the mission helping get the prescriptions, resolving doctor issues, whatever that might be. So as time goes on, you don't drink water. Like you're so focused, you don't even realize. But you're running around like a crazy person. You've got one phone on hold in your left hand. You're dialing a phone in your right hand. You've got people calling you from drive through. So you're literally running around. If any of you were a Fitbit, you know how you can get easy 20,000 steps in, in a shift, right?
0: Yeah, but are, but, are you telling me I can, I can if I'm hungry, I can drink water? And then I'm good. Yes.
1: Yes. So that's what I'm getting to. So because you're so busy and focused on your job, a lot of us forget to drink. But we're doing all this movement. We're putting all this motion. So we're literally dehydrating ourselves. And what happens is you start to feel hungry. But you're not actually hungry. You're thirsty. So this is something that people might resonate with is if you're at work and you just start munching, you, you feel hungry and you eat, but the hunger doesn't go away. 99% of the time, it's because you're actually thirsty. So I created this thing called the water test. If you're trying to be good on your nutrition at work and you feel hungry, instead of eating, drink a glass of water or like for me, I have bottles of water and just drink that bottle or glass of water or whatever it is and wait five to 10 minutes. 99% of the time, five to 10 minutes later, your hunger will be gone because you were actually thirsty when you felt hungry. So I call it the water test. If, if you wanna kind of get your hunger under control and you feel that at work, chances are you haven't had a drink of water in a while. So have a drink of water, wait five to 10 minutes, and most of the time your hunger will go away. If it doesn't and you haven't eaten in several hours, you probably are legit hungry. So plus you got you know a little hydration in, Yeah, But you are able to mitigate that feeling of hunger so that you can act on that instead of a short-term emotion.
0: Now, I know you said you you did this test, but is there other stuff available that says that this is, like, legitimate? Because I don't—
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there's a few resources. Okay. I'm trying to pull this up real quick. No, no worries.
0: I just want to make sure you didn't make this up and then people are going to be like, this, this does not work.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Because well, actually, you're,
0: a sample size of one is a very small sample size.
1: No, no, no. Yes, it is. So okay. this, is, this is legit. So like I said, a lot of pharmacists have used this, pharmacy students. Um, Tony G of the uh, Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast had me on when I put RxU out uh, a couple years ago. And he said he read the whole book and that literally he lost five pounds in a week from that one tip. Because well, this, he noticed
0: this tip yeah, is much better than the that first word. one. What was that? This tip is much better than the first one. <laughs> this is oh, okay. mind blowing. <laughs> uh, so I like I yeah, really yeah. I can see so, why he probably, you know, out of your out of that whole, you know, book, this is one of the main things he got from it. Because I think this is a pretty, a pretty um, you know, something that the average person, even, let alone pharmacist, the average person is what we know.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this can be super helpful. And that's what I really like to help people with is what's the low hanging fruit that we can have the biggest impact on from mm-hmm. our actions. So, yeah, I mean, this definitely helped. But yeah, Tony said that was the biggest thing. Like he tried that and just that awareness piece of, oh, I might actually be thirsty instead of hungry mm-hmm. made a huge difference in his health. So shout out to Tony G. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tony, Tony Garrett, He's the man. Uh, he also has a book memorizing pharmacology. And I think he's doing a lot of new things as well. So make sure to look up his stuff. So
1: I think Um, he's got like 20 books now. man. Yeah. Yeah. But he has like (laughs) one,
0: I think that's like really good. And like a lot of people use, which is memorizing pharmacology. But yeah, that, that gentleman is an author of many books.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a
0: legit book though, for
1: sure. All right. Uh, the other thing is, uh, real quick. So we talk about nutrition a lot, but I want to talk about physical fitness because we want to get in a positive attitude. We want to have a good mindset, but we're surrounded by stress. And if you think about it, what is a pharmacy? It's not a place where people come to party and have fun and high-five you. No, it's the place where people have an acute illness. They just got diagnosed with diabetes. Their loved one was just in a terrible car accident they're picking up their medication. So literally, that is where people go to get healed. So a lot of times, they're not in a good state of mind. They did not have a good day, and they've heard some pretty upsetting news that's really personal to them. So you have to realize that when people are coming to you for help, what they might project onto you is not personal. Well, sometimes it might feel that way, and I am by no means saying that you should tolerate abuse. What I am saying is do not take what they are projecting personal. A lot of times when people are lashing out or their tone is not favorable, it's because they're dealing with a lot of pain they aren't aware of and don't know how to deal with. So it's not a personal attack, it's projection. So you have to realize you know, what that really is. And again, don't take abuse. I'm not saying that at all. But you have to really consider the source and put yourself in their shoes, not excusing bad behavior or anything like that, but really just consider that. So what I'm saying with physical activity to bring that back is we want to be in a good state, but we're in a place that is filled with stress and people are coming with stressful diagnosis and they're coming to you. You are the person to talk to them, right? So it's kind of difficult to to be in a positive state all the time. That's what people ask me. All the time, they're like, oh, dude, what do you take? Like, you're always up. Like, what what do you do? But it's working out. And the reason is that we want to get positive emotions, but we focus on the wrong thing. You have to realize that motion creates emotion. Literally, if you look at the word emotion, it's energy in motion. So the best way to do that, to up your energy level, is to work out. And whatever that is for you, whatever works. So whether that's walking whether that's squatting, whatever, whatever you enjoy, that's the key is you have to find something that you genuinely like doing it for you, something that you really have fun with. And the thing that I find a lot of pharmacists in particular struggling with is how to fit that in number one excuse for why people aren't consistently physically active. I don't have time. And that's an excuse for a lot of things that we don't do that we know we should do that we want to do, but we don't actually do. So the tip I have for you guys is find something simple that can fit into your routine. For some people, it's getting up earlier to do that before the kids get up or whatever. It's doing that after work, or it's doing just something really simple, and you can start small. If you work in a uh, large establishment, park far away so you can add more steps. If you're fortunate enough to have a lunch break, Take ooh, a walk.
0: Ooh, but that one—be careful with safety. Got to throw that one in oh. there.
1: What, what's what, what's that now?
0: If if you're in a large establishment, you park really far away. You got to be careful with safety. So just oh, keep absolutely. That
1: in mind. Yeah, yeah. Not like right at the front, but I'm not talking like back in a, a back alley. You know what I'm talking about? So it, it's not like far in a dark corner. But I, I get your point for sure. So you definitely want to be mindful when you leave the pharmacy, as, you know, especially if it's late at night. Be mindful of your surroundings. But these are just simple things that you can do to not restructure your life so that you have to fit in like a two or three hour workout, but you have to look at what can I, what are the little simple wins I can do just to get some momentum. So you don't have to go and work out three hours a day, nine days a week. You have to yeah. find where you can realistically fit in your physical fitness. And that might be right now for where your workload is, your family life, that might be 10 minutes, three times a week. And that's your starting point. But instead of comparing your day one with someone's year 10, you have to take a realistic assessment for where you are and see where you can meet yourself, where you're at. And that's the key is you have to start with where you're at. And when it comes to physical activity, that's the biggest tip I can have is how can you just get started? Just create that momentum so you can create that habit into a lifestyle.
0: You know, I never really looked at the word emotion like that. Like you just remove the E. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, mind blurring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think what helps for me too with like the routine thing is that, like, because I, for quite some time, I would say, even, even when I was, um, when I was at the pharmacy working, it was very difficult. I felt like to work out like consistently a lot. I tried my best to, but I just, you know, not too long ago, I just got into my mind where it's like, to me, working out and exercises become like showering. It's just something like I have to do no matter what, at any time. Um, And I think if you can get into that mindset, I think that's helpful. It's worked for me where it's like, you know, I mean, obviously some days, you know, like because of whatever reason, it's just like might be impossible. But I actually try to work out like almost at least six days a week, um, alternating kind of running and gym. So, but for me, it's now become where it's like, just like showering and brushing my teeth. I have to do Mm -hmm. it. So like I haven't worked out today. Right now we're recording this, it's eight ten. I had a super busy day at work, and I wanted to make sure I was able to schedule this in. I have to go run four miles right after this. Um, so, and have it's just to or get to? What's that?
1: Have to or get to? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because
0: I, just like I have to shower, like I have to work out. I mean, obviously, it's a privilege to be able to have a shower, yes, um, because some people don't. But at the end of the day, like I also have to do it. So I consider that to be how my I look at exercise as well. Yes, I, pr- I have privilege that I can go run and have a gym membership. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, also, I have to do it. That's the mindset I have, which has helped me um, stay, uh, you know, active. Um, yeah, and
1: absolutely. And that mindset shift is really a key. If you're trying, whether it's fitness or nutrition or any change that someone's looking to do and creating a new habit, that's a essential mindset to have is yes you should do it, yes you want to do it, but until you make that I have to do it, or you turn your shoulds into musts, it's not likely to be sustainable. So just that little shift of word, not I should do it or I know I have to I, I know I need to, but make it a must. Make it I have to. Yeah. And it just be just like you said, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, that just intention, setting that intention is what gets that momentum started to create that habit and lifestyle. Uh, but Mad props to you, man, because not too long ago you just did a half marathon, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, so I did I did a half last November, but uh, in earlier January I did a full.
1: And uh <laughs> I think your caption for that post was never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no shot. Like
0: <laughs> I, I so I did the I did the half in I think it was November or something, which is which these are all my first. Like it was my first half that I ran and and, and in January is my first full marathon. And the full like training for it sucks, number one, um, which is which is part of the reason why I'm like, I'm not doing this again, because like it's a lot like at every other yeah. week I was running um, at some point closer, you know, getting closer to the to the race. Every other week I was running, you know, 15 plus miles and yeah. it was just not like it just was hard. It took a lot of time. It was hours of running and like it, it was just really hard. And I feel like it was just like overdoing it. And then, and then I did the marathon And I was like, this is just too much, like for for like my body. I'm just not going to continue to do this um, that often because it's it's tough. And then I hear about these people doing ultra marathons, which is wild. You know, like 150 plus miles, 100 plus miles. I mean, you guys are out of your minds. I this 24 was or 26. Point whatever, like it was rough. And I I would probably say, and and I was telling my wife about this too, like. I'll probably be in shape where I can run a half marathon at, at any given moment, like with the current training schedule I'm on now. Um, and I will probably do more halves in the, in the future, like to do with events with friends and things like that. But I think that full marathon thing, I don't think I'll do that again. That was, that was rough.
1: <laughs> yeah. but I think that's a huge uh, learning and why it's good to find what you enjoy. So you, you went all in, you made that a commitment you made this a must and you learn from that i'm sure a lot of other awesome lessons but you also learn that you did not like that and yeah. that's not worth that's not worth it to you so that's a win so a lot of times we look for what works for us what's what's the what's the way what's the win what's the physical activity what's the career we should do but really what's even more beneficial is knowing what you don't like mm-hmm. so if you're able to do that then you can explore other things that you might like but instead of spinning your wheels or wasting your time in something you don't enjoy Having a do not do list is actually oftentimes more helpful than a do list. Yeah, I'm gonna go so ahead and I, say
0: I have a legitimate do not do list, um, and marathon is added to that. Do, you don't you do not like this? <laughs> that, is, that is how I feel.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but nevertheless, man, congratulations because that that is definitely a commitment. It's not something you can do when you because there's I'm sure there were days you did not feel like running, but you did it anyway. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, def, it's definitely it's definitely commitment. And you should really be proud of that because that's not easy at all.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyway, back to back to your stuff. Now, you have the new book um, that just came out not too long ago. Uh, tell us about it. Give us a title. Where can you find it? Who is it for? Was it about?
1: Oh, that's good. absolutely. Stuff. So it's called Gen D Pharmacist, and it's for pharmacy students and new pharmacists for how to dominate pharmacy school and script your dream career. So yes, pharmacy school is there. They've got accreditation standards. They have to teach you the stuff, drug knowledge, interactions, all of that. But the number one complaint I hear from new grad pharmacists is, yes, I have the knowledge, but I was never taught how to be a pharmacist. I was never taught about personnel. I was never really taught about leadership. I was never really taught about how to handle text bickering. I was never taught on what to do when I roll in on my first day as a pharmacist and I'm 10 years younger than the rest of my techs, and I'm in charge. How do you deal with that dynamic? So that's kind of where this book came from. Uh, Four years ago, I reached out to the dean of my school, Pitt Pharmacy, and I said, you know, hey, I really want to give back. Uh, I'm not a billionaire, so I can't like donate a school or a building or whatever. Uh, I, I, I volunteer and I do lecture at the university and help with practica and stuff. But it's I work full time, so I can't really give an impact. So my skill is writing, I enjoy it, and I feel like it could create value um, for helping pharmacy students in in learning these things that I've learned as a student and as a pharmacist, things that I didn't necessarily learn or, or take seriously, but I think are game changers to really building a career that allows you to thrive and kind of dominate your profession. So she's like, yeah, that's a great idea. It doesn't exist. But instead of you writing it, what if you had pharmacy students involved in the process? So the book is two parts. The first part are those skills that really will help your career and set you miles ahead in a a profession that's extremely competitive and just keeps getting that way. So I look at both self-mastery, so how you can personally develop yourself and professionally develop yourself. So looking at your why, how to create a mindset, how to practically implement self-care, how to tame time management with all the stuff you've got as a pharmacy student and why having a passion outside of pharmacy is actually an asset rather than a distraction. And then using social media to build your personal brand. You don't have to wait till you've got a PharmD to do that. That can start day one of pharmacy school. So that's self-mastery. The second part is relationship building. So you have to be a master of yourself before you can better interact with others. And that's what this section is all about. So talking about emotional intelligence in leading your team, networking, why mentorship is essential, but why you have to approach it from three different areas rather than just getting someone that's super advanced and learning from them, there's actually three levels to maximize the whole process of mentorship. Leadership, as it relates to your team as a pharmacist, you are a team leader. You have to literally sell and be a salesman. And people think like, oh, I'm not in business. I don't have to do that. Yes, you are. You have to convince your patients that the, the counsel, counseling advice you're giving them is in their best interests. That is a sale. You have to convince them that you have their best interests and heart. And that the changes you're recommending are going to help them better than what they've been doing. You have to sell your text on initiatives that come out for your pharmacy, that what you're doing is for the betterment of your patients, and that what the strategy is, is in the best interest of the team when they have different ideas. So, yes, R- you, you have to learn how to sell.
0: So, for people that are, that are, Taken aback by hearing the word sell. Um, yes. The points, the points that you're making are true. It's exactly, it. you know, we have to do that um, for both our team and, and for in healthcare, for our patients. But if, if something for some because some people get like they're like, oh, I'm not a salesman. Like some pe- if you are that person that are like offended by that or feel that like that is just not you. That's not what you went to school for. Think of it as that you need to change someone's behavior and you need to influence someone's behavior. Because that's really what selling is. So um, and at the end of the day, a great salesman, even a great marketer, um, which a lot of times pharmacists are as well, it's it's someone we're just we're really good at changing behavior and influencing the behavior of another individual. So that's the thing that you have to master is like is knowing how to do that, which in turn actually translates into sales. So like if you can influence someone's behavior and change someone's behavior, you can actually sell stuff. Now, in this case, you're selling health, you're selling um, better care, you're selling a team, you know, to uh, perform better or do their tasks and things like that. But so hopefully, you know, because I think what you're saying obviously is, is correct. But for those listening, like the, you you have to do all these things in order to be successful in whatever it is that you're doing. What, Absolutely. What, what you call it is what you call it. But at the end of the day, you have to do these things and and learn how to. And a lot of times, it's called sales. So if you start looking up sales techniques, um, whether or whether you're looking um, at this book or you're looking at some other resource, look how to sell stuff because that's going to help you influence behavior on of your patients and of your team. So, so
1: absolutely. Just and enjoy. just look at just look at smoking cessation. That's based on the trans theoretical model of change. So pre contemplative, contemplative action stage, that's really meeting someone where they are and influencing their behavior. So coming back to what we were talking about earlier with implementing physical fitness, right? You're not going to jump in there if you're not ready. You're not going to say like, okay, Rich, we're going to run a marathon today when you've not trained at all. Like it's not going to work. It's going to actually set you back and cause injury. It's going to make create distrust and dissonance between you and the patient. So yes, using that model of behavior change is exactly what we do. So Look at looking at those things, being leadership and all those sort of characteristics that aren't necessarily emphasized in pharmacy school, but really set you apart as a leader to dominate your career, that's what the whole first part of the book is. Um, the second part of the book, and really what created the idea for having this book made, was there's a lot of people, and most people in pharmacy are naturally introverts, and they want to Lead, learn from others, and they hear mentorships great, but they're a little intimidated about reaching out to big shots, to CEOs, to people that are doing huge things and they have awesome things to share, but they're a little apprehensive reaching out. So I went to 22 of the biggest leaders in pharmacy across various niches, nuclear pharmacy, academia, being a dean of a pharmacy school, and said, You know, right now, you're the best at what you do in your niche. If you knew that you were going to end here on your first day of pharmacy school, what would you have done differently to get to where you are now faster? What sort of organizations would you have joined? Articles would you have read? People have you connected with, etc. So that you can get and master your career path at a faster rate. So those are there's a few other questions in those interviews, but that's the general theme of that is. How can we learn from what you've done through your wins, through your mistakes, to get to where you are and create a career as successful and impactful that you have? And uh, there were pharmacy students from University of Pittsburgh that led those interviews so that they not only got the information for the book, but they got the experience and the network to do that. Um, but what really brought this book together and really was my, my vision is, yes, it's a book for sale. But the majority of the profits from this are actually going to fund a scholarship at the University of Pittsburgh for a pharmacy student looking to innovate the profession. Uh, So it's a book written by pharmacy students for pharmacy students, and it gives back on multiple levels. Um, But yeah, this was a project I worked on for, you know, I worked full time, but this took four years because try getting 22 big shots in pharmacy plus really overachiever pharmacy students with school and exams and coordinate those two schedules 22 times. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got tough. four and you've got four <laughs> years. <laughs>
0: that's crazy. So, now, what's tell yeah. tell the full title of the book and where can they find it?
1: Yeah, so it's Gen Z Pharmacist: Dominate Pharmacy School and Script Your Dream Career. And that's available uh, on my website and uh, I will give you a link to put uh, in the show notes uh, so that people can easily access that. Okay. Uh, but my website is thefitpharmacist.com. Great. Awesome.
0: Now, what does the future look like for you? I mean, what are you expecting or hoping to happen um, as you as you continue to kind of strive on your in your career?
1: Absolutely. So, looking at you know personal reflection, and we talked in the beginning of this podcast about getting clear on your your mission and your strengths, and seeing where those kind of cross over with what's what's needed, what your skills can offer as value to others, has led me to really shift my career into speaking. And uh, I remember talking with you and uh, Mike of Core Consult uh, about a year and a half ago saying, like, hey, guys, I had the speaking gig at this university and it was freaking awesome. And I think I want to be a speaker. And and you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, I turned that into a career. um, And it's really been not only helpful for so many people across the world, but it's really been awesome for myself because this is one of my strengths. And if you guys follow me on social, uh, the fit pharmacist on Instagram, uh, I'm really, that's how I am. Like, I'm super weird. I'm super energetic. I talk about deep things. And that's actually how I am in real life. So, whenever I talk, it's not just giving a speech, it, it, I really call it giving an experience that leaves lasting impact. And that's how I'm able to help people to break through issues that they're having, get into their own personal power and create a career that they actually like and look forward to going to work. They look forward to doing what they're doing instead of complaining about it or dreading Mondays or things like that that we hear about, unfortunately, all too often. But there are people in our profession like you, like Mike, like myself, that really love what they do and genuinely want to help people get there. So my whole goal for 2019 was to become a National Speakers Association professional speaker. And in order to do that, you have to give 20 paid talks in a 12-month time period, which is somewhat feasible. But if you're a full-time pharmacist that has a very inflexible vacation schedule, it gets a little tricky. (laughs) Um, But I was able to pull that off. Why did you want to be a part of that? So I went to that organization. I went to a meeting at the end of 2018 after I gave my first talk. Uh, It was at Point Park University, and it was about how to eat healthy on the go. And the feedback I got from the audience just like blew me away like I didn't expect it. They were like, "I've best talk I've ever heard. you're you've got a gift." And I was like, "Wow, I should like look into this and s- see if I can develop this into something that I, I can really grow." So I went to a NSA meeting. One of my friends, who is actually a mental health therapist, is a professional speaker, and he invited me to the NSA Pittsburgh chapter meeting. So I went and I just loved the energy. Like I loved what these people did and they did this for a living. And they made genuine impact in lives. And I just heard what they were doing and, and I never really knew that speaking was, like I heard about big speakers like Tony Robbins or whatnot, but I, I never really knew that you could make this like a career. So I, I just it just gave me ideas that I never even considered. And I was like, this is exactly what I was meant to do. It reminded me of the day in pharmacy school when they said you have to elect a class president to lead your class. And it was the same exact feeling. And I was like, I need to look into this. So I made that my, my number one goal for 2019. And I committed to it. I made it a must, not like I should or be cool with this, but it was like, this is going to happen. So every day I wake up, what am I gonna speak on? Who am I gonna connect with? How am I gonna make this happen? So that was my goal, like that was my mindset. And I ended up getting that. And I didn't even know this, but in NSA, which is, you know, a very big organization, uh, if you guys are into motivational speakers, if you ever heard of Les Brown, he was an NSA. Um, but in the whole history of the organization, there's never been a PharmD that's a professional NSA speaker.
0: Oh, nice. Well, uh, congrats.
1: And I, thank you. But I, I didn't know that until I submitted it. So it's a whole evolving niche in pharmacy right there of, you know, speaking. And that's becoming a big thing. In pharmacy now is there's a lot of passionate people and there's you know organizations there's conferences and they need speakers so that, it's a niche that's pretty new in pharmacy uh, but it, it's super exciting it's something I'm super passionate about and that I can I feel that I can really help people through just getting on that level and bringing the energy with the experience of sharing that struggle that I went through to get that strength in pharmacy in personal life. And uh, it, it's been a blast, man. I mean, I, I just got back from Ireland doing two talks. So it, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> nice, man. That's
0: great. Um, all right. To wrap
1: this up, what if you had to take
0: one person out to dinner and they had to be alive and famous, who would that person be? And I'm going to actually make it hard for you. Cannot be a motivational speaker because I feel like you'd say
1: someone like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: who would that person be with those
1: rules and why? Oh, take one person out and Who? ask them any questions. So they yeah. have to be alive today? To, yes. Okay. And famous. So that's, that, that changes it too. Yeah. They have um, to be alive
0: and famous. So like they should be able to, we should be able to find them on Wikipedia if we need to.
1: Ah, uh, got you. So I would say actually it would be Miss America to be honest. And uh, the reason I say that is it's such a huge platform to be representing not just pharmacy, but a pharmacy student. And I think what she's doing is so phenomenal with with her platform and with everything that's going on that she can use to have impact. Because we look at, you know, you have to be a pharmacist to be credible, to be making lasting change and this and that. But I don't think there's ever been a pharmacy student that's had that big of a platform to make that kind of change to go to the FDA, to go to the DEA, to talk about these big issues and have these sort of things. And uh, it's truly phenomenal. And uh, I don't want to uh, (laughs) do a spoiler alert, but there's some big things coming to uh, Pennsylvania in works with her right now in the fall. So that is something that I thought about actually a while ago and that's in the works right now. So again, I have tremendous respect for what she's doing. I think it's absolutely incredible that she has this platform she has this capacity for impact as a student but so just bringing that back to like the, the potential you have as a pharmacy student is so amazing and she's using this to show people what can be done breaking through limitations crushing limiting beliefs and doing these sort of things so i think she she i mean she's a pretty badass speaker I, i've heard some of the talks she's done uh, so I hope that doesn't break the, you can't pick a motivational speaker type deal. Uh, but yeah, I just have tremendous respect for what she's doing and yeah, that, that would be it.
0: Awesome, man. And what's the best way if anyone wants to, uh, kind of connect with you after the podcast, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you or how, how should they follow you on social media?
1: For sure. So I also run a podcast that you and Mike were a part of the launch. So kudos to you guys for, for getting me on that ground. Uh, we're approaching our 100th episode in just a couple weeks. So that's on oh, that's all amazing. podcast plat. Yeah, thank you, man. But yeah, that's thanks to you and Rich. I mean, we all have our own deal. But yeah, you guys got me started. So thank you for, for that. Absolutely. Uh, but that's the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. And I do an episode every Monday. Uh, and that is on all podca- uh, on all podcast platforms. But as far as social media goes... Uh, my most active platform is Instagram. So that's at the Fit Pharmacist, all one word. Also on LinkedIn, Adam Martin, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Fit TheFitPharmacist uh, the Fit Pharmacist Facebook page.
0: Awesome. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Dude, it's great to reconnect. Uh, thank you for all the help that you've given. And uh, I really love what you're doing. I think it's phenomenal and it's uh, super entertaining. So, a true honor to be on the show, man. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode. As Adam mentioned, I'm going to be including all of his links to his book and all his social media platforms in the show notes. Um, make sure to connect with him. Make sure to check out that book, um, especially if you're a student um, or a new pharmacist. I think it's going to be an awesome resource um, for anyone's career. And uh, make sure to connect on any of your favorite social media platforms with RX Radio, um, whether that be LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on all those. And uh, thank you so much for listening and tuning into the content. Make sure to subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. And I hope you have a
1: wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.